Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Everybody is Janice Malone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me. You're going to hang out with me for the rest of the, what, about an hour? Almost? Almost. It will pass off really fast because we have really good guests here. Let me tell you all about our guest. Hopefully, you are, first of all, having a very good day as to wherever you are in the world. We do appreciate you listening to us. Always feel free to Share an email. Tell us what's on your mind. Info at filmfestivalradio.com is how you can reach me. And I would love to hear what's going on in your world. I'm sharing with you what's going on in our world here in Las Vegas. So let me tell you about our guests. First of all, we have our resident experts on film, streaming films, and streaming television shows from Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, Chris Woolsey. He is the Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, and he will be here to tell us about some new uh, titles, films, uh, and television shows that are currently popular for the month of September on this Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment brand. So he's always so knowledgeable with all of his film suggestions and what have you. That's why he's the expert here. And we also have, if you are a football fan, if you are a fan of NFL football, of course, you know about the Kelsey family, Jason Kelsey and uh, his very famous brother, who is just as famous as he is. And of course, he played Travis Kelsey He's with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He is a uh, quarterback. Uh, yeah, that Kelsey. We have some football fans around here. And he is uh Pat Mahomes' favorite receiver, uh, Travis Kelsey. But this documentary, there's a new documentary simply titled Kelsey, and it is currently streaming on the Prime, uh, Amazon Prime video uh, channel there. And it is all about mostly, well, it's about the whole Kelsey family, but it's primarily about Jason Kelsey, who is with the Philadelphia Eagles, the filmmakers, uh, did this uh, documentary during uh, last year, 2022, when both teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles, were pitted against each other for the Super Bowl. And so a lot of the film shows behind the scenes of what the Kelsey family is like and how the two brothers, how close they really are, even though they are on opposing teams as they were fighting it out to see who was going to be the Super Bowl champion for last year. Of course, we know the results of it, but it's a very touching, very warm-hearted documentary. And again, it is simply titled Kelsey. And so the director of the film, Don Argot, is here with us to tell us about some of the backstory into the making of the documentary 
simply titled Kelsey. And we also have our, another guest. His name is Zach Arnold, and he is a very successful associate producer. He was one of the associate producers for the hit show Cobra Kai on Netflix. Yeah, that show. And he's uh, been producer of a lot of other films and television and uh, feature films as well. Well, he also has a company called Optimize Yourself, and he is the CEO of this company. Very unique company and that they are working to help creative professionals, especially those in Hollywood, because as we know, the strike is still going on. So he's working, he and his staff, they are working to help people in Hollywood who have been impacted by the strike in all various forms of the entertainment industry, not only just in acting, but uh, people behind the scenes who work as uh, technicians and maybe graphics people and uh, just all kinds of professions in Hollywood. So he is working, he and his uh, company, again, is titled Optimize Yourself, and they are working with um, you know, Hollywood writers and others with trying to figure it out on what to do next with their careers or how they can hopefully taper their careers uh, to fit into the new, whatever this is, the new Hollywood is going to be. We're all kind of just sitting around seeing what that's going to look like. But anyway, Zach Arnold will be here to tell us more about uh, the work that he and his crew are doing with Optimize Yourself. And, uh, are we going to have time? I don't know. If we have time, we'll have some auditions. If not, we'll just roll right into our guest. I think we're going to run a little bit short on time as far as auditions are concerned. Well, we'll find out and see. What we're going, we're going to do right now, we are going to take a break. Yes, we're going to take a breaky. And then uh, we'll come back and we will begin with our show. We'll have our first guest. So you stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Hi, this is Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming from Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, and you are listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone. Okay, listeners, as we all know, it's getting to be that time of year when we can get our apple cider and our hot chocolate and just kind of cozy up by the fire. Vegas had as much rain as they thought it was Noah's the return of Noah's Ark last week, but that's another story. <laughs> but this is, again, the time of year when we start to really want to see some good quality entertainment by the fire, fireplace. And we got Chicken Soup for the Soul, director, Senior Director of Entertainment. I'm sorry, let's start. We have Chris Woolsey, the Senior Director of Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment here to share what are some films and TV shows for the month of September that we can all watch. So tell us about it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me back, Janice. It's always the highlight of my week. Um, so we talked about before, Chicken Soup for the Soul has quite a bit of original content that you can only watch on Chicken Soup for the Soul stream, free streaming service. And we have a lot of rom-coms. Every month, we have a new original rom-com you can only watch on Chicken Soup of the Soul. And we've got a great one this month. Uh, so this is called The Beauty of Love. And this is about a lifestyle uh, influencer, you know, these, these people that are experts in their field. And she is a lifestyle influencer, whether it's food or fashion, anything about fun, 
this woman is the uh, queen of it, and she's got this huge website. Well, for some reason, her, her traffic numbers start plummeting. And because of that, she panics and hires an outside consultant uh, to help her fix these numbers. Well, the consultant's brother, while they are trying to meet, figure out what the cause of this and what the solution could be, uh, this consultant's brother keeps butting in with his two cents and driving her absolutely crazy. And she thinks, well, this guy is going to tank this campaign if I can't get rid of him. But it ends up that there might be something more important than traffic numbers when dealing with the subject of love. And she comes to find out that uh, he might have something to do with that. It's super cute, super fun. Um, It's uh, Katarina Eichenberger from uh, Monarch Mm -hmm. and Jonathan Stoddard from The Young and the Restless. Um, I, if you're looking for a cute rom-com, I highly recommend any of the Chicken Soup for the Soul originals, but this one is really, really cute. Okay. And so that's available starting right now. Is that correct? That is available as we speak. So if you go to chickensouptv.com or download the Chicken Soup app for your connected TV or mobile device, you can start watching that today. Okay. Great, great. I know a lot of my girlfriends who love rom-coms, they're, they're just waiting for me to call them up and say, hey, Chris said. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, all the Chicken Soup of the Soul rom-com originals are really, really good. Um, and you know, sometimes you think, man, I think I've watched all of the rom-coms. Well, we've got a whole slate of originals you can only watch on Chicken Soup. So we've got you covered. Oh, I love that they're originals. That is. It just kind of makes you feel special to know, oh, this is original. I'm getting inside the original here. So, okay. So anybody else? So if we're looking for comfort viewing, uh, I don't know that you're going to find anything uh, more comforting than the the series, The Chosen, which is oh. about the, the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it is really good. I think we've talked about it before in terms of Crackle, but we now have it on Chicken Soup for the Soul as well. And this is starring Jonathan Rumi, uh, who plays Jesus. Um, he was just in the Jesus Revolution movie, which was a huge indie success. Um, Elizabeth Tabak, who's on the series The Sun. Um, I am a big critic of a lot of Christian media, and I think we've talked about this before, but I firmly believe that this series is the best piece of Christian media made in the last 20 years. Um, I, I, I actually like it uh, as much as uh, The Passion of the Christ. I mean, I, oh, I just wow. think Dallas Jenkins, who's the creator, his dad, Jerry Jenkins, was the creator of the Left Behind uh, book and film franchise. I remember that. And then right. his son went on to create, he kind of wanted to make a name for himself, and he went on to create this. And I have to tell you, it is so compelling. And one of the best visual illustrations of the the ministry of Jesus, and I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, it is apparently you're not alone. I think they told me like it's like worldwide over 500 million plus people uh, watch yep. this show, and I had the opportunity to talk with uh, Amber Shanna Williams who uh, stars as Tamar Tamar on the show. Yes. Oh, wow. How cool. Yeah, about three weeks ago she was on, and we got a huge feedback. But it is, I cannot believe that show originally started off with the crowdfunder 
It's the largest crowdfunding project of all time. It's unbelievable. And they're, uh, I believe they're shooting season four right yeah, now. Um, but season three is out. We have season one on um, Super the Soul and, and on Crackle as well. Yeah, they're shooting it. And they, I understand, well, Shanna told us that they have a huge soundstage and facility in Texas near Dallas, yep. right neck of the woods. Yep. And I cannot believe this. Like, you mean this is shot in Texas? I never would have thought. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, two, two good friends of mine from church just went down, and they were extras. Uh, so they took their vacation time to go down to be extras in season four, and they were so excited. Oh, that's so cool. And they said that's that so the, everybody cool. there was just lovely to work with. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. I mean, the, the six, five, I think they told me almost 600 million people worldwide uh, are fans. It, it's unbelievably popular. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that alone tells everyone who makes quality films and television shows, there is a huge, massive audience uh, just waiting for your project and the chosen is proven. for sure. Yep. The faith and family mm-hmm. um, market is gigantic and only getting bigger by the month. Yes. So yes, yes. It seems like the crazier the world gets, the more there is a need for a faith <laughs> and family shows and films and projects. And such. That's the truth. And on that subject, we have a classic. Uh-huh. Um, also, in my opinion, one of the best um, kids, faith and family shows of all time. And this is the art cloaky classic Davy and Goliath. Now, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this, but I loved as a kid, I would always watch this. It was actually produced by the Lutheran church. No way. And art cloaky who created Gumby and pokey created this series. And it, it was just great. It was just, you know, pure and sweet yeah. and great life lessons and um I, I just I loved it as a kid I and I appreciate it and it holds up really well but um we have all of season one on Chicken Soup for the Soul. You guys got season one I remember it so hello Davy oh, Hey Davy <laughs> don't go down that well it's dangerous Yes, and we were right, 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 because we were kids. We didn't know. But it was, so, like you said, it was so innocent and cute. And you guys yep. got season one. Oh, my. Okay, I'm going to watch it. I have no kids, so I'll be the kid and re- relive my childhood. <laughs> oh, this is so sweet. Oh, thank you, Chicken Soup, for the soul entertainment. You just made my childhood all over again. That's what we're here for. My mom used to get me a box of animal crackers with the little string on the box. And I, I, would, <laughs> I would be watching that little show with my little animal cookies. That was, oh, my goodness. That was so much fun. Well, I'm so glad you guys did that. Okay, let me calm down. Uh, okay, <laughs> is there anybody else for September? Well, speaking of your animal crackers, we have a really fun kid series called Anna's Wild Life. Uh-huh. And uh, this is uh, hosted by Anna Ryder Richardson. Uh, who's kind of a famous lifestyle um, influencer, and it's about her experience on this show. Uh, they take over a wildlife park, and her and her husband uh, have to figure out how to run this with all these crazy animals. Super fun, super sweet, kid-friendly. Uh, there's something for the whole family. Anna's wildlife. Uh, definitely want to check that one out. 
and as well. It's okay. Well, Chris, it sounds like that for the month of September, Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. You guys really are cooking up a storm for September. I like everything you, we talked about, everything, especially. Excellent. Well, that's what, that's what we're here for. You keep watching, we'll keep making it. Yes. Yes, and we will keep spreading the word about all of the fine programming, uh, original content, everything that you guys are doing. So, as always, thank you so much for sharing what's you going on. Thank okay. you, Janice. And remember, you can just go to chickensouptv.com, tap to any device, or you can download the Chicken Soup app at your favorite app store and watch on your connected TV or mobile device. Absolutely. And, again, we will see you next week. Can't wait. Looking forward to it, Janice. Okay. Watch on your connected TV or mobile. Everybody, this is Janice Malone, the host of Film Festival Radio Show, and you are about to listen to an interview that I did earlier today with uh, Emmy-nominated film director Don Argot, and he and his uh, filmmaker partner Sheena Joyce have just uh, released a new documentary titled Kelsey. It is uh, streaming right now on Prime Video. And of course, Kelsey, if you're a football fan like me, we're talking about uh, the world-famous Kelsey family. We're talking specifically about Philadelphia Eagles team captain Jason Kelsey. And of course, his famous brother is a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, tight end with the Chiefs, and of course he is Patrick Mahomes' favorite receiver. Well, this documentary was uh, recorded and filmed uh, last year, and it was during the time when both brothers were against pitted against their teams, I should say, were pitted against each other during the Super Bowl. Both brothers had to face off, and it was. It was different. It was exciting. It was sad. It was it was just a lot. It was emotional. And um, this is a part of what the documentary is about, more or less focusing on um, Jason Kelsey's uh, career, football career during last year, because it was kind of uncertain. He had said he was going to retire. And it was just, he was just kind of torn between what he wanted to do with the rest of his life after football. But there's a lot of intimate moments that uh, fans have, are going to be privy to. And if you are a fan of football, as again, as I am, or maybe you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan, or maybe you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan, or maybe you're just a Kelsey family fan, this is a great documentary for you. Again, it's titled Kelsey. It is streaming right this minute as we speak exclusively on Prime Video. So now let's roll it with my interview with director Don Argot. So let's listen. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, I am a huge football fan, and of course, all of us football fans know the name, the last name, the family name, Kelsey. Of course, speaking of the Kelsey brothers, Travis and uh, his brother, Jason, there. So you are an Emmy-nominated director, uh, along with your uh, filmmaker partner, Sheena Joyce, is not here right now, but... You guys have this brand-new documentary that's airing on Prime Video starting today, simply titled Kelsey, about the world-famous Kelsey family, football family. Can we say they're now the first family of football or what? 
I, I, why not? Okay. It. It's done. Let's say that. It just said it. Okay. So, okay. Don, what are, what are fans, us fans, what are we going to see uh, in Kelsey here? I, I think what people are going to see, and I think what's going to be surprising for people, especially people that are used to watching sports documentaries, uh, that this is a little bit different than what people are used to seeing, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, following a player throughout the course of a season. And, you know, I hopefully I don't have to, you know, recap what happened last year, but we all know that Jason and his brother played each other in the Super Bowl. Uh, most people know the outcome of the game uh, that Jason did not win. Uh, but none of those things really matter uh, to watch the movie because it's really an intimate, all-access look at what it takes to play football at this level and the decisions that you have to struggle with as an older player that is coming to the end of uh, playing a professional football career and having to, you know, kind of balance being a father and the responsibilities of uh, being a husband and a brother and all those things um, are all part of what makes the film so special because Jason was really like an open book and he was um, he was authentic and honest and candid in every moment in the movie and I think people are going to be really shocked by how uh, honest he is. And uh, I think you're going to see a side of a player that most people never get to see uh, when it comes to professional athletes. So uh, I couldn't be more proud of this film. And I'm also uh, so excited to finally have it out in the world for people to experience. And so what part of uh, last year's NFL season, what part did you start, you you and your filmmaking partner? Where did you guys start? Was it... uh... Well, we were we were fortunate enough when Jason uh, and Connor Barwin, who is the executive executive producer of the film, uh, they're they're very very close friends in real life. And the original idea was Jason wanted to do a documentary following his last season and transitioning out of football and talk about and talk to other uh, former players that uh, had retired and see how they're doing and kind of try his hand at some things that he is going to need to do after football, like what's his next career that he's going to jump into. And we thought that was just a great, interesting concept because it's never really been done or seen before in that way. Certainly not from a player like Jason and his perspective. So we started the year prior to the year that we followed. And of course he didn't retire that year. And we were like, did we keep filming? And do you think this is going to be your last year? And he's like, I don't know, but we should maybe, Let's just keep filming. What's the worst that can happen? And of course, you know, what we get is one of the most incredible, you know, Eagle seasons of all time. Uh, and then personally for Jason, the fact that he started a podcast with his brother that we were there from the very beginning, uh, because that was one of the things he was trying out. You know, maybe I'll, I'll buy some cattle in Missouri and I'll see if I can herd cattle. I'll, uh, you know, try my hand at podcasting. Uh, you know, I, he was, he was, uh, he was trying anything because he he needed desperately to find something that was going to fill the hole that football was going to leave behind. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where we were at. So we followed from the very beginning of the season all the way to the end. And then uh, up until his decision to come back and play football. So we were there for the entire ride, which was pretty incredible. Were you surprised that he came back? 
Yes and no. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, I think that's the amazing thing about Jason. I think he, uh, he doesn't know. He really, truly doesn't know if he's going to play uh, again. And it, it comes down to the end of the season and having to take that time and make that tough decision of like, is this the last year or do I come back? And, you know, it was a little surprising to be honest, because, you know, he's getting older. He's now 36 years old. Um, he lost the Super Bowl last year. And even though coming in second, it's still a pretty incredible way to go out. You know, it, it wasn't like he went out on a, a losing season per se. Uh, but I think the fire is still burning really deep inside him. And I think he still has a lot of football left to play. Uh, and he's not done. He's not done. So I, I don't know. I, he might not even be done after this year, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, he could be. I mean, Tom Brady proved that you can play football a long time. Right. That's right. <laughs> Most definitely. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, Don, what was this like? You know, it's, it's, it's Super Bowl week. The two brothers, uh, did they, were they in communication with each other during that week or what? They were. They were, yeah. They, I mean, you know, they're brothers. And, you know, just because they play on different teams and just because they were playing each other, I mean, they still, uh, you know, I don't, they didn't get to see each other a whole lot during that week because of all the obligations and uh, practice and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, everything leading up to it, I think one of the things that's surprising to most, to a lot of people is their relationship in general. I mean, you, if you've been following their podcast, you, you know their dynamic and, you know, how funny they are. But, you know, I think they were both kind of secretly rooting against each other that yeah, the, the, their team wasn't going to win to have to play each other in the Super Bowl because, you know, it's not like Travis and Jason spend their, their waking hours, like, w- hoping that they face each other so that they can, you know, beat beat their brother you know beat send the other brother home you know it's they don't have that relationship it's there's so much love and so much uh you know they're, they're fans of each other and they they want them uh, they each want the other to succeed so this is a really tough game for them to play and you know obviously uh you know that they they because they knew the the reality is that somebody was going to have to go home a loser yeah. and that was going to suck and uh and that's real you know and so that's that's just another interesting kind of angle for this that the story provided is is exactly what that means to have to 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 have this incredible relationship with your brother and that you were there for your brother and and really dark times to get him through tough tough times to get him to the level that he's playing at now and now you have to play them on the biggest stage uh, you know in 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 the world at the Super Bowl and then but somebody's going to lose you know, and that's, and that's gonna, and that's real. So it's, it's just one of the many things that I think the film has going for it that I'm excited, excited for people to see. And finally, uh, we now, of course, the whole world sees that they've brought in mom in on the, the fame here. Uh, I believe they call her Mama yeah. K, affectionately. Mama K. Okay. Mama so what, what was that like on Mama K to see her two boys there? You know, it's all about business, of course. So how did that affect her? What team to cheer for? I know. Well, it's, it's very, very difficult. And, but, you know, I think that's what's so, amazing about the family is that they're they're real like this isn't going to be the thing that is going to destroy their family when you know when one of them wins and the other one loses like because they're the foundation is so strong and at the end of 
at the end of the day, it is, it is still a game. And I think what the film does is show that like the, the things that really are important, uh, you know, in life, which is your family, which is the relationships that you have. Um, that's what matters. And, you know, one of the scenes in the film that, you know, I'm really proud of is, you know, everybody saw the moment after the Super Bowl was, you know, him hugging his brother in the middle of the field. And then obviously Jason uh, hugging his mom and that the emotional aspect of all that. But, you know, we were there an hour and a half later when Jason met Kylie and his kids at the back of the hotel room. And to me, that's what the, that scene is what the film is all about. It's because it puts everything back into perspective about what's important. Oh, absolutely. So the film documentary again is simply titled Kelsey about the world famous Kelsey family that Don and I have officially knighted them as the first family of football for 2023 and beyond. So you're welcome. Don, thank you so very much. And I look forward to your next because you've had a lot of great documentaries. And so we look forward to the next one. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Okay, absolutely. Take care then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. are back with more of the show. Make sure you check out some of those titles uh, with Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. They sound just absolutely fabulous. And we will be bringing you some um, guests from specifically from Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, some showrunners as uh, they're going to be sharing with us. I don't want to tell you too much, just a little tease. They're going to be telling us uh, about a new series that will be coming to Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. So they'll be joining us in our next show. So make sure you stay tuned. Okay, that brings uh, me to our featured guest for this show. As we all know, the Hollywood strike, uh, uh, SAG-AFTRA, continues to drag on, and it is uh, costing a lot of people, jobs, careers, just you name it, it's just wreaking havoc there. So my next guest, is uh, his name is Zach Arnold, and he's uh, been an associate producer of the immensely popular TV show Cobra Kai, and he is uh, in a lot of other TV shows as well. But he is also the CEO of a company called Optimize Yourself, and he is using his company to help a lot of the creative professionals in Hollywood who have been impacted by the strike, helping them to find new work and helping them to, uh, you know, look at their careers to hopefully, as we say, future-proof themselves against, if possible, the uh, AI technology. And he has been interviewed in such top publications such as the Washington Post, the Hollywood Times, the Evening Standard, Variety, so many more. So again, as we can see, this strike 
ah, we just don't know how much longer it's going to drag on, but it is definitely causing problems for a lot of people financially. So as I said, Zach is a very seasoned Hollywood professional. He's been a career coach, is a career coach to many Hollywood creatives out there, and he has uh, been working and fielding hundreds of calls from professionals for the past several months through the company Optimize Yourself, and he has helped dozens of people find new careers that are balanced, sustainable, as well as fulfilling. So we're going to talk with him uh, just in about 60 seconds here to find out more about his company, Optimize Yourself, and to just see what can be done. Maybe he can offer some tips and suggestions to uh, those of you out there if you are a member of uh, the Hollywood community and the strike is affecting your job and your creative work. So let's uh, bring on Zach Arnold right now again the company is Optimize Yourself, and he has a wealth of knowledge because he has worked behind the scenes as a producer on top hit television shows and films as well. So let's bring Zach on right now. My apologies for being a couple of minutes late. Oh, it's no problem. None whatsoever. I just, um, hey, some people call their 25 minutes late, but this is no problem at all. So, oh, great. Well, I, I felt bad because I had another call that literally was until 12 o'clock solid and I was scrambling for a minute and trying to find the number. But anyway, here we are. We're good. We're good. Okay, so uh, let's just jump right in here. So you are, we'll just tell everybody here as we are talking, you are Zach Arnold a very multi-talented businessman, uh, associate producer of everybody's favorite show, Cobra Kai, uh, CEO of Optimize Yourself, and in addition to that, a career coach to many Hollywood creatives. So let's start, of course, we all know what Cobra Kai is all about, but tell us about Optimize Yourself. What, what is that company all about? Yeah, so Optimize Yourself, like you had mentioned, is designed specifically for artists, creators and storytellers uh, who are looking for a better way to do the work that they do, such that they can design the more balanced, more sustainable, and fulfilling creative career that they deserve to have without the cost that comes with working in the entertainment industry of sacrificing your health and your sanity in the process. Hollywood is not the easiest place to build a career and live a life, and I'm trying to provide the tools, the resources, and the mindsets to help creative minds thrive in the entertainment industry. And so uh, does this include just people in the acting, television, film world? Does that also include music people as well or what? Oh, no, I'm, I'm happy to include anybody that does creative work that has a story to tell. Because I work in the entertainment industry and I'm largely known for, uh, you know, a lot of my A-list credits, Cobra Kai is certainly being included in that. Uh, most of the people that gravitate to me are in the craft side of the entertainment industry, but I work with a variety of people in completely different industries, different parts of the world. I've worked with bio, you know, electrochemists. I've worked with FBI analysts. I've worked with people all over the place, but the common thread is that I want to know how to better express myself creatively and build a more fulfilling life around the creative work that I do. Okay, because I know uh, we get a lot, we have a lot of music people listen to our show, and I'm sure they're going to ask that, so you've answered that very beautifully. Okay, let's get to the current business at hand here. This strike, this Hollywood strike, where are we? Do you see a, a 
happiness ever after with this strike? Or where are we today? <laughs> oh, boy, that's a very loaded question. And how many hours do we have to break this down? Oh, my um, So what, where we are, things are not great. And uh, I am not a Hollywood insider. I don't have any more information than anybody that has Google on the Internet. Um, but I spent a lot of time breaking all this down and taking it in. And unfortunately, where we are right now is that the simplest version, both all of the writers that are in the WGA are on strike and all of the actors that are in SAG after are on strike. And no negotiations are happening as of the, the time that we were talking. The latest is that as of Friday afternoon, the uh, studios, the AMPTP and the WGA, the writers, sat down at the table. They have a meeting about meeting. It wasn't even to negotiate. It was just, is it worth us meeting again? And the shortest version is one side said, we haven't changed our stance. How about you? And the other side said, no, we haven't changed ours either. Okay, great. Well, then we can agree to disagree. And since then, there are no further discussions or talks. So right now, things are not great as far as seeing progress and seeing a resolution anytime soon. But I'm not in those rooms. I'm just reading what's coming out of the trades like everybody else. Yeah, I'm sure you saw this article. I saw it this morning where Ron Howard, Brian Grazer, and Ava DuVernier have joined forces to do, it sounds like, something very similar to what you're kind of sort of doing. They've established a network to help uh, some of these unemployed people in the entertainment industry. Uh, what do you think about all of that? Um, I actually haven't seen that article specifically, so I don't know what it is that they're building, but I'm certainly all for it. Um, but what I've been saying for months now is that despite the fact that there's a you know, drastic work shortage, uh, at the end of the day, all we can do is we can suffer uncertainty in control. And I think one of the most important things that we can't control right now is building our network and surrounding ourselves with the right people. So if they're, if whatever their initiative is, it's specifically about connecting other film industry professionals. We can all support each other. I'm all for it. But like I said, I haven't seen any of the information yet, but I can tell you, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to be looking up Ron Howard, Brian Grazer, Ava DuVernay, and what they're up to, because it sounds exactly like with what I'm doing. Well, I saw this in Deadline. Uh, some, uh, just well, then I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Yeah, I just saw it this morning, early, early this morning. Um, okay, so how... I can only imagine that your phone has been ringing day and night. Is that correct? Oh, yes. The, the, the same thing that is happening to me now that happened three years ago when the COVID shutdown happened. Um, it, and that I'm worried, oh, wow, wow everybody's going to hunker down and I'm not going to have any business. What am I going to do? And everybody's coming out of the woodwork saying, I have no way of finding work, but I'm realizing that the work that I was doing isn't what I want to do with my life anyway. So help me not just find the next gig, but help me design a more fulfilling career path where I actually like the work that I'm doing because people have been so burned out by the industry, by the exploitation, by the long hours, where they just find that the stories that they're telling no longer resonate with them. So it's not like I'm a job placement service where I help people update the font choice on their resume and get in front of recruiters. What I really help creatives do is reconstruct the narrative of who they want to become and the stories that they ultimately want to tell. And a big part of that is who do we surround ourselves with, which is why I think networking and building relationships is such a key way to use this time that we have right now. Well, one of the things, as we all know, that a lot of people, whether they're the creatives or not, are very concerned about is AI replacing them, minimizing what they do in all professions. So mm -hmm. what are at least 
one, two, or three approaches that people can do, especially, you know, I'm in a creative field myself, obviously. Uh, how can people protect their careers with the threat of AI? Oh, yes. This is another one that I could talk about for hours. Wow. And this is the epicenter of everything that I'm writing about at the moment. Uh, the first thing that I'll share is that I am not part of the doom and gloom crowd. I do not think that all creatives are going to be replaced and editors go away and writers go away and actors go away. I don't believe that we're even remotely close to that being our reality. However, I do think that what we're seeing right now is the transfer or the transition from being a highly specialized society and moving back towards generalization. So rather than focusing on the rise of the machines, I've been helping people focus on the rise of the generalists. And what I mean by that is that I believe there's going to be a very, very small percentage of people that only do one very specific, specific thing for a living and they make all of their money doing it. So an example would be, I am a TV network sitcom writer. The odds of somebody being able to do that for 12 months a year for years on end and make a good living doing it, those chances are lessening. And it's the same in any other genre, any other medium, any other craft. What artificial intelligence is going to do is it's going to start taking over the very specialized, very repetitive, repetitive, very menial and very data-driven task, which frankly is a lot of the stuff that nobody likes doing anyway. Um, but I think that with the, the vast amount of creative work that most creatives do, we're irreplaceable. We just have to find a way to diversify the skill sets that we have because specialization is where AI really, really shines. So if you can only do one thing and you only have one skill, you're probably in trouble. But if you have a, a much vaster, uh, wider ability to solve problems, to connect all the different pieces in a story, to manage teams, to manage expectations, all of these other things that make us human, to have empathy, uh, to feel emotions and help others feel emotions, which frankly is at the core of being a musician, um, yeah, AI is probably going to be able to lay down a pretty thick beat in a few seconds, but having it really understand what are the nuances necessary to make somebody feel something at the exact moment that this instrument changes or we hit the bridge, you know, they're still going to be required to do that. I just think that in order to not only survive but thrive, we're going to have to diversify our skills and diversify how we generate income. And so, Zach, what about if a person is – an actor. Um, I mean, you're not Brad Pitt or somebody like that, but you are a working actor. How do they di diversify? And that's all they've been doing for the last 15 or 10 or 12 years. What do they, what do you say to them? Sure. Well, the, the funny thing is that if there was ever a profession that is ready and prepared for this transition, it's actors because actors are already generalists. There are very, very few actors that the only thing they do to make a living is act. That's actually a pretty small percentage of them. Actors, and you know, obviously this is a stereotype, but actors work at Starbucks or their servers at restaurants. And that's, I don't want to be reductive, but there are a lot of actors that do other things in other industries so that they can pay the bills. And I think that their ability to communicate well, to be able to tell a story, that's going to give them more ability to be able to do a variety of different things. And frankly, most actors and most people that work in Hollywood, especially the actors and the writers, if anybody's prepared for this, it's them, because at least as you're climbing the ladder, you have to diversify and you have to create multiple income streams. Whereas if you're in a very crap specific part of the industry like me as an editor, the only thing that I've done for over 20 years to generate an income before I started this business was I edited. However, my diversification was not the specific skill. It was how I told those stories. So I diversified 
between editing trailers, editing commercials, editing promos, editing indie films, editing TV, editing features. So there's still a lot of diversification using a specific skill. So if actors can find the essence of what they're really, really good at, they may not make a living only acting as a, you know, a, a, a main or side character in one TV series. But if they find the essence of what makes them great, their ability to communicate or speak or make people laugh or whatever it is, they can still find their zone of genius, diversify it in a multitude of different ways, and not only generate income, but they're actually going to have a more fulfilling life. And so what are some, at least, and I always like to use three, important things that currently the striking writers and actors that are not on the Brad Pitt level, what do you think they should do? Because I know it's a lot of them that I know are listening or will be listening to prepare for the immediate future for their, for themselves and their careers. Yeah, I think for the, for the immediate future, what they need to do is just hit the pause button. Just for, we're talking even for like half a day or a day. This isn't something that takes six months, but if they can just take a little bit of time to sit back and reflect on what am I really good at? It's not just I'm a writer or an actor, but much, much deeper than that. So what is it that I'm really good at? Where is it that I really sign? Where does time disappear? What is that thing that even when I'm doing it, I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe that they're paying me to do this. By the way, everybody should get paid and paid well and we should be compensated. But at the end of the day, in your heart, you're thinking, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. This is, this is who I am and this is what I do best. Figure out what that is. Then ask the question, where is that useful to others? beyond this one area that I'm working to advance my career. And what most people find, if not all the ones that I work with doing this on a daily basis, there are other areas or other industries or other parts of their craft, whatever it might be, where they become very, very passionate about it. Because even though it might not be the end result, it's a good use of their time because they're developing all of the necessary skills or the character traits that are going to make them even better at that thing that they already enjoy doing. And I know you don't have a crystal ball, but you do have a lot of experience in Hollywood. Where do you see this when the dust is settled? Do you think we're going to have a, uh, an improved, better, more, and I bite my tongue, more fair Hollywood? Or, or just what do you think And when this is over? God, I want to I wanna believe that. I really want to believe that things are going to be fair and just and equitable, and we're going to have more diverse, uh, more diverse voices and people telling more diverse stories and everybody's going to be compensated for the value. God, I want to believe that so badly. Um, uh, ultimately, I don't know where this is going any more than anybody else. I think that it's going to get um, uglier before we come to a resolution, and it's already gotten pretty ugly. Um, so I don't know what it's going to look like at the end. But I do think that whatever the, the model becomes or whatever the, the resolution is, I think it's going to be fundamentally different than the, the way we see it now. And I really, really hope that's for the better. But I think what we're finding is that the entire business model that the entertainment industry was built upon is now kind of falling apart because they're making this transition much more to a Silicon Valley business model than the, the entertainment model. And I don't think either side of the table really knows what's coming next. And I think that's part of the problem. And even though we're making it about us versus them, I universally think that so many things are changing about how our society works, how our economy works. And with the introduction of artificial intelligence, I don't think either side really knows what the best solution is because it's also unknown. So the only thing that I'm confident of is that what we're going to see in a resolution, I think, is going to be significantly different than the way things work now. And I really want to believe 
that all the creatives and all the artists and all the storytellers are taken care of and valued and respected. Um, but at the end of the day, who knows what's going to happen? Well, do you, uh, I, this will be my last two questions here. Do you still have projects and films, television projects yourself that you plan on getting developed or maybe they're in development and on hold after all this is over or what? Um, I certainly have my own projects that are in the, the nascent stages of development that I would, you know, hold the photos or say they're on back burners right now because I'm working 24-7 trying to help all the people through the strike and better construct their narrative and find other ways to generate income. And um, so that's literally all I'm working on right now. But I have a few projects that are uh, in development. But as far as me working as a producer or an editor in Hollywood working on, you know, television or streaming entertainment like Cobra Kai, that's shut down. I mean, there's $0.0 of income and there's no prospect of me working on, you know, the final season of Cobra Kai anytime soon. So I'm the perfect example of I view diversification and generalization to be able to use the essence of what I'm really good at, which is storytelling and applying to different areas. So I have a little bit more security doing during a very uncertain time. Well, now we have a lot of independent filmmakers from all over the world come on our show, of course, because we cover film festivals and such. And I've heard and read, and I'm sure you have too recently since the strike, with a lot of people saying, oh, my goodness, this is now the era for the independent filmmaker. What do you say to that? And also, what do you say to people who are at film schools around the country about having a, a career in Hollywood with all of this going on? Yeah, I have the, at the a fundamental level, people will always need good stories. And this is, again, why I don't think that AI is going to replace all of us, because we need good stories to help us make sense of what is going on in the world, to deal with the uncertainty, to deal with the anxiety, and feel like collectively, as a species, we are all working through this together. We've been that way, wired that way since the beginning of evolution, and it will always be that way. The question is not, do we need stories? It's how do we tell those stories, and what are the tools that we need to learn to tell them? So my hope is that we are going to see the reemergence of independent filmmaking, because I think that it hasn't been the death of independent filmmaking, but boys have been on life support for the last 15 years. And I think some of the best films that come out of at least my lifetime or my generation are all of those indie films, and maybe not the, you know, the $50,000 indies, but the ones that were the studio indies and the three to five to $10 million range. There was a huge resurgence of those in the late 90s and early 2000s. We don't have those anymore. And it's all been about how do we get the most bucks and seats to make the most money in our first four-day window, our very first weekend. And the quality of storytelling has been basically the ultimate victim. So if anything amazing comes out of this, I hope it's the resurgence of great independent storytellers. And we see similar to what happened in the late 60s and early 70s with the emergence of films like Easy Rider and all of these other films that came that were fighting against the studio system, the, the American Zoetrope. What I hope is we look back on this in 10 or 15 years historically and we say the resurgence of amazing independent storytelling happened as a positive result of people making the best of their time during the strike. Okay. Finally, how can people reach you or I say your company, optimize yourself? What do they need to do? Sure. There's a couple of ways to, to get involved with me very, very easily. One is simply just go to my website, optimizeyourself.me. Um, there's a contact form. They can reach out to me directly. I'm very responsive. Uh, but if they want to get a better sense of how I approach this, how I approach 
building a creative career in general. Best place to get started is with my podcast. Go to any podcast app of choice, search for Optimize Yourself or search for my name. And I'm right there and I've got well over 200 episodes to get you started. Well, Zach, I think this is amazing work that you're doing, and what a great timing that you have to really emphasize Optimize Yourself, because you are so needed for what you're doing. Thank you so much for helping dozens of creatives. I have friends who I know will be calling you, and uh, just thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, too. Well, yeah, and I, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity to, to find the right people that I can help, so that, that's why I'm here. Okay, well, I will continue to follow you and uh, hopefully maybe have you on again in a few months and we can have some more predictions. I'd be more than happy to. Okay, for the new year then. Thank you so much. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thank you so much, Zach, for giving us some uh, very helpful information about his company. Again, it's Optimize, optimize yourself. Look them up. Uh, go to their website to see if uh, you know of somebody that's being affected by the strike in Hollywood, no matter what profession uh, part of the uh, industry they were in. And maybe they can use the help that Optimize Yourself is offering. So they can uh, call them up or send them an email to check them out to see if they can be beneficial to them. So sad as to what is going on. So anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us as always. And we will see you on the next edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Have a great rest of the day or evening, and we'll see you on our next show. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. With your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.